This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by Bluehost, a great hosting provider, one of the best for your website or blog, very affordable, $6.95 per month, and you get your .com domain name for free if you sign up for a year. Go to sqpn.com bluehost for more information. And by the Amazon Store. Click on the link on our website, starwars.sqpn.com, before you shop at Amazon, and your purchase will help support our show. This is The Secrets of Star Wars, episode number 10. Hi everybody and welcome back to a new episode of The Secrets of Star Wars, the show in which we talk exclusively about the new Star Wars movies currently in the making. Shooting has begun, the first images are probably stored on some hard drive or being uh, tinkered with in with uh, by the folks at Industrial Light and Magic. The actors are getting prepared, getting fit, and perhaps we are in the final days of casting because filming is going to begin in May. We have a ton of news to discuss, and joining me today, as always, is my good friend and fellow podca- podcaster, Dom Bettinelli. Hey, Dom. Hi, Father. Good to hear your voice. Good to have you back. It's great to be here. And we are so excited. We're recording this on the Thursday, Holy Thursday, actually, the Thursday before Easter. We are both very busy, of course, preparing that feast. But, well, there is so much news and it's so exciting that we just felt we need to sacrifice everything to record something because... We, we just can't wait any longer. Oh, it is awesome. <laughs> and of course, the biggest news, and I'll just put it right here on the top of the news, is we have the first images from a set. It's not the set in London. It is one of the sets, one of the outdoor sets, and it has just leaked on the internet. And, well, those photos are very, very intriguing. I did not expect so much speculation about these first photos. I mean, it's something you, you, you dream about because this is the way it was when, you know, way back when, uh, when, when, when The Phantom Manus was in, in pre-production, we saw those first spy photos of the, of the pods, these mysterious, you know, kind of like rectangular and, and, and oval shapes and clearly looked like, like uh, a cabin of something. And I remember seeing them on Ain't It Cool News and, and then the speculation was rampant and everybody had their theories. And I, I thought, you know what, that was so many years ago when the internet was even in its infancy. And, and, and uh, I mean, nowadays um, there is so much experience in the movie world when it comes to dealing with leaks and preventing them from happening. So I totally expected to see at least some blurry pictures, but nothing of of this caliber because there is a prop in one of those photos that I think will dominate a lot of the discussion today. But let's not go there right away. Let's first kind of give you an update and an overview of all the other Star Wars news that... Um, that that we uh, heard about uh, between the last episode of this podcast and this one. Dom, um, there was some news coming from one of the people very, very closely involved in the production about the shooting, right? Yes, that they're actually shooting uh, some of the 
uh, some of the film already. Um, Alan Horn from Disney. So, so several of these big Disney executives um, who are high enough up the food chain that um, they can talk without fear of getting fired, probably. Um, you know, and they're, they're probably, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams and, and Kathleen Kennedy's uh, nightmare because they, they, they know enough that they can uh, leak uh, a lot of information. But so uh, Alan Horn said uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, that, uh, that they've started filming, that they're actually shooting now. Um, but that they also haven't, um, uh, I think he, ha he says that the casting hasn't been finished. So my guess, if I could go right into a little bit of interpretation here and analysis, uh, my guess is it's, the, it's what they call second unit shooting, where um, they don't necessarily have the, the, the main actors not shooting main sequences, but a lot of the, the secondary sort of long distance shots or, you know, um, whenever you have like actors walking in the distance across a set, you know, that sort of thing. Um, th so my guess is that you've, they have the second unit out doing some of that, that location shooting and, and some of that stuff. And none of that would require any of the main characters or even secondary actors to, uh, to, to play a role in that. I, I found a, a video clip of an interview with Alan Horn. Let's listen to that and see if there is uh, something else in there that we might... You're now supervising the new Star Wars. Yes. What's the toughest part about that? Casting. Have you cast it yet? No. Well, we have a couple of things. I can't, I can't disclose what we got, but we're, we're but casting. You'll shoot, you start shooting six weeks? Yeah, we're, we're actually shooting some of it now. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're up against it. But also, it's a screenplay because it has to be, you know, this is episode seven, so there's four, five, six, and this is seven, so it takes off. Where six left off, and where six left off is 35 years ago by the time this is released, in December of 2015 in a the theater near you. <laughs> so. <laughs> you got free media here. Yeah, free media. <laughs> I mean, I look at this group, and I can't help but multiply by 10 and think what, what we'd gross if you were at the Muppet movie right now. <laughs> but. <laughs> but, uh, but I just. Um, it's all about the screenplay. It has to be screenplay, screenplay, screenplay. It has to be. Has is to the be screenplay right. not quite there yet? Or? No, it actually is now. Who's, who's doing it, the screenplay? Well, so Larry Kazin co-wrote it with J.J. Abrams, and the early draft was done by a guy named Michael Arndt, who wrote Toy oh. Story 3 and 2. But are you shooting three back-to-back? Back or, or No, for this, no. Just okay. No. No, we'll, we'll have episode seven. So shouldn't seven. you have the cast in place now? If you're yes, <laughs> well, we have, we have a lot of them. We, it's not completely done yet. And it's you just haven't announced... We haven't announced. Okay. We haven't announced. We're being. Can you give us a clue? No. I just. <laughs> I'll give you the same line that I did in, in Vegas. Patience you must have. <laughs> Not bad. Patience you must have. And, well, we're almost running out of patience, but fortunately, we, we have at least a little bit of news to talk about. Interesting interview. This was filmed at the Mare Theater School of Film and Television at uh, Loyola. Loyola Marymount University, uh, a very relaxed-looking, uh, um, what's his name? A horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, not saying that much, although uh, the fact that he was insisting so much on uh, screenplay, screenplay, screenplay seemed to indicate to me that that has been one of their headaches over the past few months, that they just had to spend so much energy in getting a good screenplay that would match the, of course, skyrocketing expectations of all us Star Wars fans. This is going to be the biggest film in decades, just because, not just because it's Star Wars, but because 
of the expectations that accompanied Phantom Menace and that were dashed <laughs> by many um, that you know you only get you only get one second chance I think is is the thinking and they've got to make this movie perfect absolutely he also refers to the fact that the screen had been uh, the screenplay had been changed uh, substantially ever since Michael Arndt worked on it it was nice of him to uh, give Michael Arndt some props uh, but I, I, we've heard from several sources now that the the modifications uh, brought in by J.J. Uh, Abrams and uh, Lawrence Kasdan were more than superficial. Uh, we have actually have one of the reports um, saying that an actor who was supposed to be auditioning for uh, Star Wars uh, 7 um, didn't even show up because his role had changed so much since the rewriting by J.J. Abrams. And um, this, uh, the guy I'm talking about was Sam Witwer. Um, he played in a lot of uh, television series. He was in The Walking Dead, in Smallville, in, let's see what else, um, the, uh, and also a number of, of um, Star Wars productions, uh, most notably the Clone Wars television series, in which he voiced Darth Maul. Hmm. Uh, he also played a role in Being Human and uh, uh, played, starred as um, uh, uh, Aiden, a sensual and brooding vampire in, um, in well, I, I suppose that's in Being Human. So, Aren't they all? Definitely uh, a bad guy, I would say. And if, if he was known at, for his voice and, and having a voice that sounded like Darth Maul, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he might have been up for a Darth Sith kind of role. And then probably that was changed or I don't know, perhaps that will be for later movies. We don't know, of course, if the rewriting also involved pushing some of the story elements that uh, Michael Arndt came up with to future movies. I think I, I recall them saying that the focus shifted. Michael Arndt's focus was on the, was really um, what was it? A break with the past uh, he, he, that wasn't going to include the the original um, yes. cast mm -hmm. much at all. Whereas J.J. Um, Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan have decided to make a real connection. Do, do I have that right, or do I have it backwards? No, I I, I think that sounds familiar, and also kind of. I, I think that's logical. J.J. Uh, Abrams wanted to bring back that original atmosphere uh, of, of, of 4, 5, and 6. And so it makes sense for him to perhaps add to the story and, and give us almost like a bridge movie that will bring us from the existing six movies to the new storyline. And, and, and that, well, some of these roles that were created um, it will be something that is, you know, that are part of, of the, the movies eight and nine. Who knows? It's hard to tell. Also was intrigued by this, the, the little bit about um, the, the question, are you shooting this back to back? And then um, Horn responding by, you mean this one? Almost as if <laughs> there was a little misunderstanding and, you know, they might actually plan to shoot something back to back. Um, perhaps eight and nine, I don't know, to cut costs. Uh, I'm just speculating here. Uh, these days for them for, for a series of movies to be filmed consecutively. I mean, if you know, if you, if you know what your story is going to be, you've got everybody all together, you got all the cast and crew, you might as well film everything at once, I would guess. Especially because then at least you, you, you know for sure that the, 
you don't have to renegotiate anything. There's nothing, uh, nothing can happen in terms of actors uh, suddenly falling ill or, or being unavailable for the finale. I mean, there there are a lot of advantages in in shooting things back to back, and it's uh, of course something that was pioneered mostly by Peter Jackson in uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies, and well, that seemed to work out fine. <laughs> So who knows? We we might have heard a little tidbit about uh, the way they are planning episodes eight and nine, um, but let's focus on seven for now. So as we said, uh, we we now have official confirmation that shooting has almost already begun. Um, you were speculating, Dom, that it was mostly second unit shooting. This could very well. Uh, match the other big news that we wanted to discuss today and that was the uh, first spy photos coming from a new place uh, in the st- when it comes to the Star Wars tradition of course Star Wars the pr- existing movies have been uh, filmed all all around the world um, but now there seems to be a new country Abu Dhabi where uh, second unit filming is currently underway. And we have several reports uh, saying that they are shooting stuff for Tatooine, second unit stuff for Tatooine. Now, I'll just go to the first report about this, um, which appeared in The National. Um, So I'm now on thenational.ae. And this is an article... um, uh, from what is it april 15 or was there another one let me just double check that real quick um now april 12 there was a there was an article um that said uh there are more signs that star wars episode 7 shoot will begin somewhere in the abu dhabi desert in the coming weeks sources have told the national the production has begun hiring local crew members for the shoot which would see the recreation of tatooine luke and anakin skywalker's home planet and last for four weeks beginning in mid-may local media companies including the most obvious local partner 2454 have had no comment so apparently there's I don't know, is it a casting bureau or, um, I don't know, it's, a, it's actually the only production company in Abu Dhabi big enough to take on this kind of project. So, uh, but there are other sources within that organization that's saying that they are unaware of any such shoot. Now, of course, we know nothing uh, about that. It could just be a denial because, well, they can't say anything. Right. But uh, it, it, it's kind of uh, interesting that they appear to have chosen Abu Dhabi in the desert there to film Tatooine because we know, of course, that in the previous movies, uh, the location for Tatooine has always been Tunisia. Um, actually, a, a lot of the remainders of the sets that were built both for Star Wars 4 and for um, the, the Phantom Menace and, um, uh, and Episode 2 are still there. And they are in a very bad state, but um, there's uh, every year um, tourist organizations organize these pilgrimages uh, so that people can go and see the remains of those sets, which of course are very um, damaged now because they're out in the open and there's no, it's not an official location or anything. It's just standing there and rotting away. It's kind of shocking. Um, according to what I've read um, in this uh, in these articles on the national, the reason to uh, build 
a Tatooine set, or at least to 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 take uh, the Abu Dhabi desert uh, as the background for Tatooine, was that um, uh, the public uh, Disney deemed the North African country. Tunisia too unstable to host such a large production this time around. And as we know, there are lots of political troubles there. Um, and there is also some violence in the exact area where they you know, filmed previously. And I guess that Disney is just not taking any chances and just saying, we, we just give us something with sand. Yeah. <laughs> well, Abu Dhabi kind of works well for that. So... Um, in Abu Dhabi is a modern city with all kinds of amenities. Oh, and, yeah. And good connections. And so. they filmed several movies there. Uh, wasn't the the latest Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible? Yes, yes. There. And so, they, so they've got a film industry there, obviously. Ghost Pro- Protocol was filmed in uh, in Dubai. and uh, that, so, But that's on the border of the desert. And so yeah, yeah, you both have all the connections and a very, very – it's a very rich country. And, of course, they're trying what they can to stimulate the tourism and the business in the area. So it, it, it totally makes sense that they uh, were approached for you know, a, a production like, like this, Star Wars. Um, it's, it's interesting that the name Tatooine – um, so the planet name actually came from a Tunisian town not far from the sets uh, that were built there. Um, and it's it's the town of uh, Tatooine. <laughs> so it's south of the, the original location for, uh, for Tatooine. So perhaps we will get introduced to some uh, Abu Dhabi-like sounding planets or, or locations. Now, what does this look like? Well, we have actually some photographic evidence of uh, this second unit shoot. And we're still kind of presuming that it is second unit because we have not heard of um, any crew members or actors traveling to Abu Dhabi. Um, and and this, this is news that broke um, yesterday, actually, on April the 16th. We're recording this on April the 17th. A number of photos uh, on which you see, um, well, basically some hills in the distance, some sandy hills, um, and a huge white tents that are built there, as well as some uh, white um, crew buildings. You see some equipment in the foreground. There's a crane, a yellow crane, um, as well as some what looks like a concrete block and a circular pedestal or something like that and but the most intriguing part of these photos is a huge round disc that is being rolled out of that tent or into i guess it's it's, they're actually taking it from the tent instead of moving it inwards by uh three people it's very big it's about uh two people two persons high um, it, 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 it looks as if it's made out of concrete, but the fact that they just need two guys to roll it around seems to indicate that it is, um, well, it's not concrete. <laughs> it's, a, it's a prop, so it's probably plywood and, I don't know, some paint. And uh, the fascinating thing uh, uh, about this photo is that it looks very much like, well, there are, some, there are a few different theories about what this could be. Let me just read... Um, this article also in, um, in, on the website of The National. 
These photos were taking, taken on Tuesday morning, so that is just two days ago. It's hard to believe how quickly these things travel across the globe thanks to the internet. Um, uh, the photos were made by a phot photographer of that particular newspaper, The National, Mona Al-Marzuki. Um, they were taken on Tuesday morning in the dunes near uh, Qasr al-Sareb resort. Uh, I assume that's one of those, you know, luxury vacation resorts, revealing a large encampment of tents with four to five workers moving around what appears to be parts of a film set. It is one piece of equipment in particular, however, that is the most suggestive. It is a giant round gray disc, which bears a striking resemblance to parts of an escape pod on which C-3PO and R2-D2 crash landed on Tatooine in the original 1977 Star Wars A New Hope film. Um... As soon as I read that and I saw the picture, it's like, no way. That is way too big for an escape pod, right? It's just not even the right shape. It's Yeah, it's circular. That's the only thing. <laughs> but it, it looks like nothing like a, an escape pod. But I guess it's the only thing that the journalist who wrote this article remembers from, you know, the Tatooine set. Oh, it's an escape pod. <laughs> Uh, Leave it to the fans. They've they've found what they think it is. Oh, absolutely. There was a very good analysis on one of the fan sites, uh, which I totally concur with. Um, it's on StarWars7News.com, and it is a, a an extensive analysis of um, the the photo, comparing it to uh, to uh, something that we know very well from Empire Strikes Back, and that is the foot of an Imperial Walker. So they've taken um, a CGI image of that foot. Um, apparently there are some um, computer models uh, available on the internet. They show you the underside of the foot. Of course, this is modeled after the, the original props that were used for, because that was all stop motion at the time. Um, and when you look at the structure of the foot, the markings on it, especially the, the markings on the side, and there are four kind of mm, connectors on the bottom, it to me is almost, I, I have no doubt that this is the underside of an at-at. What about you, uh, Dom? I I think it looks clearly that to me. Now, you know, some people say, "Oh, that this you're just re people are just reading into it what they want to see." But I I don't know the when you combine it with the um, the pedestal like de mm -hmm. device next to it, um, and then there's that what what kind of looks like a big concrete block rectangle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which actually to me it might be a packing crate. Which could be the upper part of that. Oh, you know. interesting. So they need to unpack it. You think? So there's something in there, or I'm guessing that there's something in there. Now that that's that's a little further speculation. It does look painted, though. It seems to have the same kind of weathered uh, paint applied to it. So I'm I i I think this is more of a prop, something that's already built. I'm not sure if there's something inside of that. But but you're right. The circular, the other circular object that is already outside totally matches the dimensions of the the upper part of the of the foot of uh, of an at at and so if you put the two together it, i mean it just makes so much sense there's that, so much correlation with these models from from uh from the movie that i just i can't think that it would be anything but but that absolutely there is one final piece of circumstantial evidence. Well, evidence, it's an indication. And this is so intriguing. I totally missed that. It was a tweet from uh, January the 6th, two, 
2014, coming from uh, Bad Robot, which is, of course, J.J. Abrams' production company. And it was basically a uh, like a post-holiday type of photo. And... Um, it it, it uh, had the the tweet was we're back and then the photo shows you uh, a lady who works for for Bat Robot and she is putting something on a uh, let's say on a, a a display it's it's probably something at the entrance of their office building or something. it's one of those black boards on which you can you can put these white um, letters to, you know, I don't know, put the restaurant times on it or anything. So she's doing something like that. But then most intriguing in the foreground, and it's all blurry on the left side, you can see an at at. Yeah. Now, of course, this might just be something in the lobby, just one of the many props, because there's kind of like a mouse type of uh, uh, looks like it's a, a white puppet a logo. Say again. It's a Mickey Mouse with a Dharma logo on yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the lost Dharma logo on the right side. And so these might just be props sitting there. But on the other hand, the photo is 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 clearly composed. They took some time to make this. This is not just a, oh, let's just make a random photo. No, I think they they deliberately put the, the ad, ad in the in the foreground there. Mm-hmm. And so ad, ad, adding things up. The at at kind of a little hint. Uh, it's almost as if they're saying hidden Mickey. You know the whole story with the hidden Mickeys. It's it's something that a lot of the Disney fans are always raving about. Um, that in the Disney theme parks, there are tons and tons of hidden Mickeys. Things in the shape of the of the of the head of Mickey Mouse. It can be either plants or, or or certain elements, and and the, it's a whole game to for for fans of Disney to go through these parks and try to find all these hidden Mickey's, and there are hundreds of them. It's also something that that, that you find a lot in um, in in Disney or ABC productions, which are, ABC is, is is owned by Disney. Uh, we do a show about Once Upon a Time, which is this television show about fairy tales, and um, every week we analyze the episodes. And very often you will find these hidden Mickeys. And so the fact that here we have this kind of blurry Mickey and and and, and then having that at at on the on the left side is almost and I'm again I'm just kind of guessing, but it's almost as if they're saying, hey, this is a hidden Mickey. <laughs> You've discovered something important and you didn't even know that you did. Now that we've seen this prop, I'm thinking, whoa, could this all be part of a bigger plan? The other thing I want to add to this is we could also totally be played by J.J. Abrams. Let's not forget that that J.J. Abrams is known for his secrecy and for his craftsmanship when it comes to controlling the information that leaks out. And Star Trek fans know this very, very well because during filming of the second new Star Wars, a Star Trek movie, Into Darkness, um, there actually was an elaborate campaign set up for the fans to mislead them about the plot of that movie. And several times there were all sorts of uh, uh, reports coming out saying that no, we wouldn't see Khan and it's not Benedict Cumberbatch and it was going on and on and on all to dissuade the fans from pursuing the truth. So I'm thinking, could this all be part of some huge conspiracy? Is the photographer of the National actually part of the of the of the um, 
of the whole game? And is this something to actually, it, what a magician you would do. It's like, look here, an at-at in the desert. <laughs> And then we totally forget about all the stuff that they're doing in London and everybody is like spending another four weeks about, you know, speculating about what are these at-ats doing on Tatooine? What do you think? Is Am I just going too far in my conspiracy theories? <laughs> uh, you know, I, you can never be too paranoid, uh, I think. But uh, <laughs> when I, I have to admit, when I looked at this photo the first time, especially the, the close-up photo of, of this, it, I, I, a thought went through my mind saying, is this photoshopped? Is that is is it possible that thing is not really actually there uh, that someone added in? But but this is a newspaper we're talking about. I mean they, mm -hmm. you know, I mean maybe the maybe the national has more of a sense of humor than than uh, newspapers over here. But um, how funny it photoshopped. You know what? I'm looking at this thing, and one of the what what strikes me is that the 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 this at at thing or this circ, circle circular prop is actually bigger than the entrance of the tent and in one photo it's still inside the tent on the other photo it is already outside and i'm thinking how did they get that outside cuz it's clearly not fitting there is a flap that kind of, that oh there's a flap yeah yeah no you're right actually they, they there's a ladder so yeah. they they had to um actually open up the the tent a little bit so it could could pass through hmm okay there goes my theory <laughs> so it's not photoshopped but well but still you know that's that, that little part of me that goes i don't want to be fooled and uh yeah, and, and yeah, it says yeah. well uh, you know i'm gonna hold a little bit of skepticism here and maybe it's not but but gosh i would love to see just imagining a scene set on Tatooine with, uh, you know, ATATs, ATATs. The idea of because that sets a, a whole set of speculation. What, what we're thirty five years after the Empire. Yes. What is this Imperial Walker doing on Tatooine thirty five years later? And we well, will we'll, we'll definitely talk <laughs> about that. Before that, however, I do want to uh, mention a little bit about the whole inquiry, the investigation that led to the discovery of this prop. And it, this is also on on the national, um, and it's 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 interesting. It, it makes me kind of believe that this is not part of a, an elaborate um, campaign to misguide the fans. Uh, this clearly seems to be. And I mean, I mean, if I were a newspaper in the area, of course I would put all my people on it. <laughs> this is huge. Um, so this was what they published. Um, we began our inquiries about a possible filming happening in Cairo. Skepticism was instantly appeased uh, when several solid sources in the Egyptian film industry claimed that there was absolutely no way on earth it could be going on without them or someone they knew having heard about it, and they hadn't. It was, said one, actually taking place in Jordan, a rather more plausible option and a place that has provided the backdrop for a few massive blockbusters. Think of Transformers, Zero Dark Thirty, The Hurt Locker. But no, the Royal Film Commission of Jordan, which oversees all such productions, flat out denied it. Initial digging proved predictably fruitless, with 2454, the only Abu Dhabi production company really big enough to handle such a project, and the parent organization of the Abu Dhabi Film Commission saying they hadn't heard of anything. But then, slowly but surely, other teasing nuggets of info started coming out of the woodwork. A rather big cheese in the local industry revealed he'd known about the shoot for ages, but couldn't say more despite our best attempts at Jedi mind trickery. Other sources hinted that a production crew had been hired while production companies in Dubai said they weren't involved, as it was all happening in Abu Dhabi. A contact not in the film business claimed to know someone who spotted Abrams on a flight to the capital in recent weeks. 
it seemed we were onto something. In perhaps the most amusing bit of investigative reporting, a friend told us that her colleague had been chatting to a fellow via the iPhone app Tinder, who in a gross act of flirtation had revealed that he was an assistant director on a major film shoot in Abu Dhabi, inviting her to guess what? That's right, Star Wars. Ooh. That is a dangerous flirtation there. <laughs> it might lose you your job. <laughs> Unconfirmed but reliable sources later stated that the hotel at Quasar al-Sarab, the vast fort-like resort out in the Liwa Desert, and I'm looking at a picture, and this could actually come from, from a Star Wars movie. This could be a Jabba the Hutt-like palace. It looks amazing. Um, that, the entire ho- that the hotel had been booked up long in advance and was indeed housing the cast and crew... But that filming itself was happening elsewhere, no doubt out in a specially created set. Also, there are rooms available now and through most of May, save for a week-long block starting on May 19th. We checked. Interesting. So, a week-long block. Rooms have been um, uh, booked for crew and actors. And we've seen these photos. And we know that, you know, second unit shooting is probably underway. I'm thinking they're doing all the preparation work and then they will fly in the actors from London or elsewhere and they will film whatever they need to film and then they're out of there. It's probably a very, very condensed type of shoot, seeing on what a tight schedule they are anyway. And so I think I think they're right. This must be this must be Tatooine, I think. And we, this is something we've said uh, all along. And even in our f- very first few episodes, I think we were like, if this is going to be Star Wars, it's got to have Tatooine. It's such an iconic planet. It's in five of the six movies. And so it totally makes sense if you want to reconnect with the existing six movies. You need to bring back that planet as well. But net, let's talk about at at on Tatooine. <laughs> you were about to 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 start a a massive debate there, Dom. Well, tell me your thoughts. Well, you know, like I said, we're we're thirty five years or so after the events of uh, Return of the Jedi. The Empire is long gone. So these are Imperial Walkers now. You know, it, practically speaking, you, the 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 Rebels now the Republic could take over the Imperial military hardware and all that sort of stuff. But you know, let's simplify for the sake of a movie. They probably they probably want to keep a, a separation between the two. So what is this Imperial Walker doing thirty five years later, sitting on Tatooine? Why is it there? Um, uh, is there is 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 someone reviving the Empire? Is this the remnant of a battle that took place there? Some very interesting. It raises some interesting questions. You know, is this is this an actual working uh, walker, or is it you know uh, uh, pieces of a walker that are left behind? So uh, it 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 raises a whole interesting set of questions about what the plot is here. Um, given the compressed time frame of the shooting, if this is really only going to be a week uh, on you know on location here, uh, it may be just that it's in the background of. Of some scene, and that it's not going to be a very uh, important part. Where the you know a running battle uh, scene involving walkers, uh, my guess is it would take longer to shoot. But uh, I'm I'm no expert on on that. I guess. I think the problem of a uh, uh, let's say a, a battle scene featuring at ats is that it would require if they want to recreate something that, like we've seen on on the planet of Hoth. Um, it would require so many actors and so many 
secondary actors and, and extras. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very risky, especially in the beginning of uh, of, of the whole sco- shooting schedule to keep that under wraps. Um, and not to mention that, of course, it it would be massive if this is going to be uh, a scene that is reminiscent of what we saw in The Empire Strikes Back. It might be one of the biggest pieces of news. I mean, and so it's something you probably don't want to leak out at any time. Um, so I'm I'm thinking I don't I don't think it's likely that this is going to be um, a battle uh, scene or anything. Um, let me just read you some information about the AT ATs. Uh, it's of course AT AT is an acronym for All Terrain Armor Transport. A walker, also known as Imperial Walker, was a major part of the Galactic Empire's army. I'm reading this from StarWars.Wikia.com. Was one of the most heavily armored land vehicles in the Imperial Army, but was also known for its relatively slow speed. Well, we know, of course, about that. Um, there was also uh, a two-leg uh, Imperial Walker, and I forgot what the name was. It was something like an AT... ST. An ATST. Um, and they looked pretty similar to the AT-ATs, um, but of course they were a lot smaller. Um, I'm not exactly sure about the uh, uh, about the dimensions, but yeah, this disc would be way too big for one of those. I think so too. And uh, it was something. I mean, we see one of them walking around in in Empire Strikes Back. It was supposed to have a larger role, but then they just, I, I guess, just couldn't couldn't really. Um, uh, make it happen. There was already the scene was so complicated, and instead they brought the ATST back to, uh, in um, the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, oh, so, sorry, in the Return of the Jedi, and I, I'm 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 not positive, but I'm thinking that the, the design even changed uh, uh, slightly. Um, I, I, I'm looking at some of the artwork for uh, Empire Strikes Back, and it has kind of the same feet as the um, Imperial Walkers. But the photo that I see of the ATST here in, in Return of the Jedi, it clearly has different different type of feet, and it's it's much smaller. So these at ats, of course, in the in the extended universe and also in the Star Wars video games, uh, were not just used by the Empire on that particular in during that particular battle on Hoth. They were uh, deployed on many planets, uh, mostly because of their size. Uh, they could they could basically uh, walk around in almost any type of terrain. The the thing is, it's also heavily armed. And so it's something that you would use in um, in a big battle. And Tatooine almost always is depicted as this planet where nothing happens, where pod racing is the most exciting thing on the planet. And definitely not um, a planet that you would associate with a big war or a big battle. So... And an and at ad battle. I mean, th- that would require a formidable opposition, um, an army of some sorts. But what would it protect? Why? Why Tatooine? You know, why would you? What would? What would bear, there be to conquer? Now, let let me throw a, a little a little tidbit out there of, of thought that I just had. So we know that the huts are gangsters who have these big fortresses. They're very wealthy. Uh, we, we know that Jabba's dead, but there are probably other huts out there. What if a hut moved into Jabba's residence, uh, took over his, his, um, his uh, mafia-like uh, organization, and snapped up a, a 35-year-old Imperial Walker as a trophy to have uh, uh, protecting his fortress? Well, that's an interesting one. 
<laughs> Actually, you know what? The whole trophy thing makes sense. Um, after all, we've seen that Jabba the Hutt was kind of fond of of, of these trophies and, and and showing off his power, like the rancor and yeah. So like, what what if this is just part of a yeah? Let's say a trophy that was even perhaps transported there, mm-hmm. uh, or brought brought about by the Jawas or whatever, and it's just again part of of uh, of the background and has nothing to do with an actual battle having taken place on Tatooine or taking place in Episode Seven. That makes sense. I mean, I was also wondering why would they create that foot if, you know, it's, it's almost impossible, of course, to build a full-sized at-at. That is not a good idea if you want to keep your production secret. And mm-hmm. it's not necessary because you can create that, of course, in post-production. So it's clearly something that has to be um, close to um, actual actors, Right. Otherwise, you can you can always use either a matte painting or CGI. But this is something that people perhaps even have to touch, or you know, it has to be physical. So I'm thinking this this could just be uh, something in the background. It could also be, and this was just a, a kind of a wild thought. But I was thinking, um, if you visually want to make references to the original movies. Then and you think back, what are the most iconic scenes on uh, on Tatooine? The first image that pops into my mind is also one of the first images I think that was that were published um, all the way back in 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 the seventies when they were still shooting uh, Star Wars four. Was that scene in which C three PO stands on one of those sand dunes, and in the background you see the remains, the skeleton of this sand dragon, I think this crate dragon. Yeah. And it's just lying there in the sand. It does not tell you how it, how, what it was. And I remember as a child just looking at that photo and just thinking of all the, you know, the the, the stuff that that we would see in the movie with, uh, I don't know, some flying skeletons or that was just in my mind. It, it, it took a life of its own. Where does it's never explained? It's just something in the background. Well, what if visually? You, you want to create something similar, but instead of having the skeleton of a crate dragon in a is it a crate dragon? Am I, I just making so. that up? Uh, I'm kind of mixing my genres. I've just watched uh, Harry Potter and there's like dragons and then Schmaug. <laughs> no, I think it's a crate dragon. You're, you're right. Um, I, I was thinking, what if in, instead of the skeleton of the of the dragon, you would see uh, basically the remains of a huge at-at lying in the sand? Uh, well, that's something to think about too. Is we've we've got to be careful that you know what all we have is this one photo this could be a relatively unimportant prop that's just in the background of a mm-hmm. of a set or a scene yeah um but it's it's but because it's the one photo we have of anything we we, we have to be careful not to turn it into everything so i guess that's that's a a, a sort of a, a disclaimer uh you know f- for the fans is you know just because we the, this photographer happened to be there at at the perfect moment to catch this thing being rolled out doesn't mean that that this is that this is important to the plot. Um, who knows what else is under that in that tent? I mean, that's a big tent. It could be anything Absolutely. under there. <laughs> Absolutely. But I still think that um, you know what is more iconic for that for the best Star Wars movie so far. It's the at ats. It's it's that scene. And so if they would bring that back, 
I would cheer in the movies if I if there was a walking at at, and I can totally see it just being you know used. These they must have the, the Empire must have built so many ships and so many of these walkers. And yes, the Death Star was destroyed, the second Death Star, and 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 the Empire is dead. But it doesn't mean that there's nothing left, and and that that, that the old stuff isn't recycled. And you know what if um, that the, there is still a, a group of warriors trying to regain control or build up things and then and all they have is this hodgepodge type of you know shoestring budget material and, and they're trying to uh, i don't know <laughs> it, it, it totally makes sense for this stuff of the empire to be recycled and used by other factions and um, it's, especially it's, because these walkers, they're yeah. so versatile you can use them everywhere as long as you have a way to transport them from planet to planet right well, and we and we see that that's part of the Star Wars universe. This idea of you know re, re, the people recycle and reuse things. They they you know they they take stuff that is ancient and old and and you know the Millennium Falcon itself is this old broken down freighter that uh, that keeps flying. You know exactly. people are you know tend to to keep these things around and reuse them. And and I can I can think of a half a dozen different plot devices plot you know plots that would involve you know. Um, Former star stormtroopers who, you know, when the empire fell, kind of went off to become mercenaries, or you know, that sort of thing. You can have all kinds of ways that that uh, you could have uh, incorporate, you know, this sort of stuff. Because, as you were saying, it's iconic. Um, the, the part of the visual, you know, grammar of Star Wars is, you know, you have the the star destroyer, you have the walker, you know, the R two D two C three PO. These things. When you see it, it says Star Wars, and so I think J.J. Abrams is going to take advantage of that, and we're going to, he's going to use these things whenever he can to really drive home this connection that this is Star Wars, no well, matter what. But this is Star Wars. And what better way to convey to a relatively new audience, and it might have been a while for the big audience to, uh, that they've seen these movies, to convey uh, just visually that the Empire is gone, that Darth <laughs> Vader's reign is over, than um, an at-at that most people will remember just lying there in the sand and one of the protagonists of the new movie walking by it. And that would be all. And then we would immediately... I mean, this could be the opening scene, you know, where he's like, whoa, that's an at-at. Wow, that, those, those were the, that is history now. It's ancient history. And I'm thinking if this is second unit shooting and they are currently making background plates for, for scenes... Um, it, 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 to me, it doesn't make sense if that there are no actors there. But the only thing that I can imagine is that they are shooting these background scenes, provided that, that this is we're going to see an ad ad in the background, or at least part of it, and the rest might be CGI. Um, if uh, the the only thing that needs to be added to the these background plates are two CGI droids. Hmm. Who could that be? Knowing how almost impossible it was during shooting of Star Wars Four, to um, to to film that on location. I mean, uh, it, it was horrible. For if you are an actor in this C three PO costume and you're there in the blazing heat, it's dangerous. And back right. then, Star Wars, of course, was kind of almost an amateur movie, and there were no, you know, big insurances or lawsuits uh, at the horizon anywhere. And so they did it. But I, I, I remember the stories 
um, uh, Anthony Daniels told us um, there during the Star Wars conventions how he would faint and and he would pass out because it he was so dried out and they couldn't get him out of the costume and it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. And um, R two D two the the uh, didn't have Kenny Baker in it, um, at least not in the scenes where he's moving around. Uh, that droid would constantly break down because of the sand. And because of the terrain, it was just very complicated. So to me, just seeing the advance of, of, of photorealistic CGI, it kind of makes sense that you would not use any you know, physical droids, there, at least not in, 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 in shots of, let's say, an establishing shot where you see them moving around. I, I, I definitely think they would use Anthony Daniels uh, the moment you get close-ups or you get a conversation going. But, but when they're walking around, I don't think you need... Um, you know, dr- functioning droids or actors or anything. So I don't know. Perhaps I'm just completely off the rails here in terms of, <laughs> of speculation. But I'm thinking, yo, oh, the only thing they're filming a scene with this cray dragon-like at at lying there in the sand. We don't know what happened, but the only thing it conveys or what it conveys to us is the days of the Empire are over. This is now ancient history, and look who's there: R2D2 and C3PO walking towards whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> And evoking the same, that that same uh, initial feeling from from episode four. And I'm thinking also that if there is one major actor that needs to be on Tatooine, um, it's going to be Luke Skywalker, don't you think? Yes. There's got to be. I mean, and I've been reading about um, the, 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 uh, another report, and I couldn't find it in the show prep for this episode, that they were actually try, really doing a big recreation of the Tatooine set from Star Wars 4. So it would also perhaps include the the iconic, you know, buildings, which they also used, you know, the, the kind of igloo-like uh, uh, houses that we saw not only in, in The New Hope, but also in The Phantom Menace. And, and that they would recreate that and then having Luke Skywalker perhaps just living there, having rebuilt that up, you know, of course, because it's been destroyed by Darth Vader. Um, and and living there as a hermit or something like that, and there's got to be, I mean, don't you think we need to see at least the two the two suns in the distance and some sunset and perhaps him overlooking the horizon and then and instead of being you know young Luke Skywalker he, he would be an old Luke Skywalker looking at the same sunset. And you hear John Williams. Oh uh, my gosh, Luke- <laughs> that's another moment where everybody will will be on their feet in the theater. It's the kind of stuff, it's hard to resist. If, yep. if you can do it, why not? So I'm thinking Luke Skywalker being there, perhaps he ordered that at <laughs> to be. Who knows what adventures he has had in the, in, in the, in the time between uh, the return of the Jedi and the beginning of Star Wars 7. Exactly. You know, who knows what I, I don't know about the extended universe if there are any battles, you know, big battles featuring at ats on uh, on Tatooine. <laughs> but you know, I think they they have some leeway there to just kind of make us guess at what happened there on Tatooine. Well, if Chewbacca is going to be back, then uh, then the, the, we know that not everything in the extended universe is going to be kept. Uh, uh, for for the movies, that's for sure. That's true, uh, because that's a, a nice segue to <laughs> another bit of news that we read, and it was actual confirmation that um, uh, Chewbacca will be back. This this came in two parts. Um, so Peter Mayhew 
um, was supposed to appear at a um, uh, comic palooza type of fan event. And this was uh, in May. So he had already committed to it. And then on the 28th of March, we get this uh, tweet. So this is basically, I think, on the day that we released our previous episode. A tweet from ComicPalooza.com saying, We regret to announce that Peter Mayhew is cancelling his appearance at ComicPalooza this year due to filming. (laughs) And then people were just looking at IMDb and like, "Uh, he's not scheduled to appear in any movies. (laughs) And he has not been in movies for years. So, well, gosh, (laughs) what could he be doing in May? In May. (laughs) So... (laughs) And then, you know, of course, they grilled everyone that had to do with uh, with Star Wars about that. Nobody wanted to say anything. And then a little bit later, um, and this was on April the 7th, Hollywood Reporter tweeted, exclusive, um, Star Wars 7 adds Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. And uh, I don't know on what they... Uh, base that whether it is just an inside source that they didn't want to reveal um, yeah. but let me just read the the news article here the trio of new leads for Star Wars Episode 7 has yet to be revealed but an actor from the original franchise is returning to reprise his role Peter Mayhew will play Chewbacca for Disney and Lucasfilm upcoming sequel sources tell The Hollywood Reporter Mayhew played the legendary Wookiee and Han Solo's co-pilot in the original trilogy. Rumors recently surfaced that he was reprising his role after he canceled an upcoming appearance at Texas convention Comic Palooza due to filming. Since the convention takes place May the 23rd to May the 26th, many fans wondered if it meant the actor would be busy with episode 7. Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn revealed on April the 2nd that the new Star Wars had already begun filming and most of the cast was set. Uh, we're not completely done yet. So, who knows? <laughs> he might have been the last actor that need to be cast. They might have been in negotiations with him. And then, uh, you know, just a few days later, it was, uh, it was the, the deal was done. Who well, knows? Give the Wookiee what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win. Indeed. It's going to be quite challenging for Peter Mayhew because, of course, he's, he's, uh, he has aged quite a bit and... and um, has trouble walking. He's a very tall guy. I, I met him once uh, in real life. Um, and this was also before the premiere of um, The Phantom Manus. And we were invited with another a couple of uh, friends from TheForce.net to uh, visit uh, one of... I, I'm not sure if it was one of the guys from TheForce.net. I think it was one of the um, host, uh, one of the writers for a, for a toy, Star Wars toy website. I forgot the details. And um, so we drove there, um, and 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 just before we went there, we heard that there they had actually invited Peter Mayhew, who was at a, a, a convention there, to also join us for dinner. And so I'm in this room. I remember that, that the entire living room was. It had uh, in in the kitchen was like an open kitchen, and had this massive um, uh, uh, model of the Millennium Falcon hanging there. In the kitchen, and then just tons and tons of other stuff, and uh, very very cool. Um, yeah, uh, Peter Mayhew was there, very nice guy. Just you know, sitting there for hours. It was one of the most incredible moments in my in my Star Wars fan life. Uh, but even then, he was kind of like he was older and 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 not as not as fit. And gosh, that was twenty five years ago. <laughs> 
But it's cool. I mean, it's iconic. Even if he's just in a few scenes and they might do digital Wookiees later on, um, just think of the publicity value of this. Yeah. Another part of the visual grammar of Star <sighs> Wars. I mean, you've got... It's amazing. He's been... Because he, he was also in, um, what was it, uh, episode seven? I'm sorry, I mean, episode six? Um, yeah, it was episode six where they had the... Yoda went to the Wookiee planet and Chewbacca was there. Oh, so- you mean three? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the revenge sort of the of old the debate. Yes. You know, uh, that sort of thing. Of, yes. uh, which, which, you know, is it three or six? But yeah, sorry, three. <laughs> um, or Attack of the Clones. And um, where they went to the Wookiee. So he's been in Star Wars. You know, Wookiees have been right, part of Star right. Wars the, the whole way. Yes. Uh, you, you can't have a Star Wars without Wookiees. In well, one you can't really bring back Harrison Ford without bringing back uh, exactly. the Wookiee. It's it's uh, and 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 we know we've we've talked about this last time. Uh, we've had a lot of feedback, by the way, on our whole discussion about the 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 um, extended universe. You know, basically b- being safe, at least time wise, if you look at the timeline. Uh, but this would definitely be uh, a, a negation of something that was done in the extended universe, where it, you know they killed off uh, Chewbacca. And have you read that story or? I did, oh, and okay. uh, and I didn't have it spoiled for me, which I'm happy. Oh, so you can't <laughs> and, spoil it here? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, as in when I when I read it, uh, uh-huh. you know, for people talk about the books ahead of time, you know. Uh, oh, okay. Like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't read Harry Potter, but but things like that. So I got the full impact of it when wow. it happened. And he's uh, like truly dead, or is it like? And then Chewbacca Chewbacca disappeared, and everybody at least assumes that he's dead. No, he was. He wasn't even mostly dead. He was really like, and truly really dead. totally dead. Like and no way it, that it was just fake dead. Yes, <laughs> uh, because it was a it was a sacrificial death to save um, the children of Luke, I mean, Han and Leia. Oh, wow! Uh, so he gave his life that life debt, you know, that he owed to to Han, and so he gave his life to save them. So it was a it was a moving um, uh, scene in this book. I, feel, I don't remember which book it was. Uh, because this was like twenty years ago when they wrote when they when when this was published. But um, what a so, fit, what a fitting discussion we were recording this in in during Holy Week, in which we exactly. remember the death of Christ giving sacrificing himself, um, and now we get rumors that seem to confirm like the resurrection of of Chewbacca. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> figure the, uh, okay. Maybe he is resurrected in the movie. Maybe he really did die, and they ext- they're keeping that extended universe, and they're they're resurrecting him with the Force uh, or something. I don't know. Or he might be a no, not <laughs> a ghost <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> that would be that would go too far. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! But it is exciting. Um, there were also reports. Uh, speaking of casting, that Adam Driver would be playing an undisclosed villain. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think we've already discussed this last time. Let's uh, talk about that, yeah. Yeah, there's no update on that. Um, but a big piece of we know who won't be in Star Wars. Say again? Well, we, we did get some news about who oh. def- somebody who definitely won't be in Star Wars 7. And who would that be? That would be Benedict Cumberbatch. True, yes. Rumors, long-time rumors that he would be involved or that at least he would be in talks. And I think that's true. I mean, he has been in talks. Uh, but it was now confirmed um, that he would not appear in Star Wars, and you were sad about it, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it just um, 
I had well, I, I had just been watching uh, the Hobbit: Desolation of Schmaug, and as you know, that voice of the of the dragon, I just was thinking, what a he does such a great like evil voice, <laughs> and you know, where are you, thief? <laughs> and you know, you put a mask on him and a breather, yep. and it would be yep. it would just be a he would be a perfect successor to say James Earl Jones in that sort of thing. Now, this isn't to say that he can't be in any other Star Wars movies. He's just not going to be in this one. So, but I thought that was a very interesting remark about the voice. But because you're you're right. I mean, that's one of the perhaps the 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 things that we always forget about. But one of the most iconic voices in Star Wars was, of course, Darth Vader, and it's it's. Um, it just gave a gravitas. And, and they try to replicate that with uh, Darth Maul and the actor who plays Darth Maul. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy and very good at martial arts. But when I heard his voice on the Star Wars convention in Denver, he's like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm Darth Maul. I'm playing Darth Maul. I'm from the UK. <laughs> like, dude, your voice is... <laughs> so, so they used another actor to give him that <laughs> do the, the scary voice, but uh, he was killed off too quickly to to really take the place of Darth Vader. But mm-hmm. again, J.J. Abrams wanting to bring back that original feel uh, that we had when we first discovered the, the Star Wars universe, having a bad guy with an imposing voice. <sighs> I, I think it it's it's important, and this you know again. Putting things together, the Sam Witwer uh, report that he was going to audition for Star Wars, but the role changed. Him being known for having voiced Darth Maul in in the Clone Wars and having that menacing voice, you know what? No, that might have been part of the plan that we would have a bad guy with a a, a dangerous voice. And, and you're totally right, Benedict Cumberbatch would be perfect for that. Mm. But he's probably not the only one who can do a menacing voice. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I mean, James Earl Jones is still around. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you could get away with using Darth Vader's voice for somebody else. I mean, that would no, be just a way to would, do that. But That uh, would not work, I think. Well, we've, no. we've talked about the possibilities to bring back uh, Darth Vader or someone else donning the costume, but it seems very far-fetched. Not to mention that, wasn't it J.J. Abrams also who said, I want to... Uh, give people the feeling that they are truly discovering this universe for the first time again. Right. So having too much explicit references to, you know, you already have the original actors, but then having Darth Vader back, that might have a backlash, I think. Yeah, yeah, that would be a little too too much of a reboot as opposed to uh, something new. Mm. Um. I just want to read a little bit in that article about Sam Witwer. Um, this is from the website makingstarwars.net. Great, great URL, by the way. Sam Witwer was set to audition for Star Wars Episode Seven. Then what happened? Well, the role changed, and the awesome Witwer did not have a shot at a role in the film any longer. Here's a quote. I was about to, but the parameters of that role changed. He, does not, he doesn't say that the role itself uh, was you know was deleted, but the parameters changed. I did not go in, so I can tell you I did not go in. That was about six or seven months ago when things changed. It appears to have been because of the Arndt draft being altered when Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams took over the final version of the script. That's the assumption the hosts of the podcast make, and it does line up with the, 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 the podcast of Making Star Wars. Uh, it does line up with the rumor there were huge shifts and characters were changed up. There seems to have been some shifting around of the commando role 
And now we appear to have two people in commando roles. So perhaps that was what we were supposed to go in for. We can only speculate for now. Commandos? I remember that there was in the original casting call um, like this kind of roguish, rugged, older guy that yeah, was like too. a general. It almost felt like the original uh, Commander Skywalker. What was it in the original Star Wars draft? One of the first ones? Oh, right. The, 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 yes. The, like Luke Skywalker was this old guy, basically. They, they did this, this, um, this, it's one of the last comic books the Dark Horse uh, is able to publish. Because mm-hmm. now, of course, it's moving to mar- moving back to Marvel. Um, but it, 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 they basically took that very first draft of Star Wars and turned it into an awesome, awesome, very strange, almost alternate universe type of Star Wars. And then, you know, there, there's no Luke Skywalker, but there's this Commander Skywalker or Captain Skywalker or whatever. Yeah, and in the original casting call you were referencing, you know, they, they referred to the, the uh, Matt Damon in uh, Elysium sort of character. Um, that that, that yeah. they were visioning. That would probably be a commando-like character. I mean, he was that sort of, um, you know, military man hmm. uh, that 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 uh, that they were talking about. So, possible. Anyway, well, it's, it, this is all kind of rumor, and we're, we're, I, I have nothing really official about this. So you always have to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. Even quotes from actors can be made up. <laughs> Um, I'm just looking through my notes to see if we've missed anything else. Um, so, again, nothing... Uh, no no one says anything about Star Wars. Alan Horn is keeping his lips closed. And uh, the Disney panel... There was a Disney panel, apparently, at the CinemaCon in Las Vegas. And uh, during that entire Disney panel, there was nothing about Star Wars. Alan Horn said they were not ready to share anything and the crowd was groaning <laughs> so you know what it's 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 the same old same old they are in total control of the of of the information and they just let out things as as soon as they're ready and it, it reminded me of this uh quote from uh, the phantom menace which i actually uh, even even downloaded just to play it here on the show it's this Jedi. one no need to report that to him until we have something to report. <laughs> so, no need to report until we have something to report. <laughs> that seems to be totally matching the uh, kind of communications policy of, uh, of Disney and J.J. Abrams right now. We did get a, a photo uh, via Twitter of the movie cameras used to film Episode 7. Panavision XLs, and they are custom 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 made or or at least modified they're blacked out they're, they look awesome they i mean they're real film cameras but they look so modern at the same time they're pretty huge though mm-hmm. so it's not something you just lug around easily um but it's very very nice to see these uh, 35 millimeters uh, cameras um and i don't know there's no information about how many of them they will use but they were there were two on display and i wonder where this was um, it's it's I think it's in one of the Panavision um, offices that they showed this, and then there is this second tweet which is kind of funny. Um, the A and B 35 millimeter Panavision cameras uh, on JJ Star Wars have names. Uh, a is called Death Star, and B is dot dot dot. <laughs> so they don't tell you. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. It could be just be the second Death Death Star, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
did we talk about there was um there was a, another casting rumor mm-hmm. about one of the the new young leads did we, we i don't think we talked was about was it the that. actress from uh, 12 years a slave uh no oh. uh, so this is uh, um a, a young woman of uh, mixed race, uh, British actress, Maisie Richardson Sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Hollywood Reporter, again, reporting, um, uh, at, uh, to quote, one of the roles yet to be filled is, is that of a young black or mixed race woman who may be a descendant of Jedi Knight Ben Kenobi. In the film, which takes place 30 years after the events of uh, Return of the Jedi, the character would cross paths with the children of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, her name is uh, Maisie Richardson Sellers, and uh, hasn't acted in anything. So she's one of these uh, young unknowns that they've talked about that J.J. Uh, Abrams is out looking for. He'd like to find, uh, you know, uh, another Mark Hamill. You know, that sort of thing where it's it's they're they're not known for anything uh, uh, before. Right, right. Yeah, I'm looking at her photo now. I remember having read this uh, and thinking, wow, that would be, you know. She's a very good-looking young woman and totally the type of a person who could do all sorts of, you know, fighting scenes and stunts and everything. Seems mm-hmm. to be very fit. And, yeah, why not? Yep. So, and that, that's could an that, interesting could, could that would be that last role that they were trying trying to fill? The, it, it could be. But I was I was intrigued by this idea, a descendant of Ben Kenobi mm-hmm. um, of some sort. So, so it could be a daughter or a, a granddaughter? Well, Except weren't Jedi weren't supposed to marry, were they? Uh, so That's maybe true. like grand niece or something like to that effect, or something like Possibly. that. Possibly. Hmm. Interesting. Or maybe Ben Kenobi had a uh, a hidden life that we didn't know about. That would be that would be very interesting given the history with Anakin and yeah, Padme yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So it'd be it's an interesting uh, little uh, twist to throw in there to think about. Fascinating. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we still don't have any confirmation, but it it can come any time now. I'm I'm thinking this will probably something uh, uh, that they are going to reveal like the week after Easter or something. I would hope so. I hope. I mean, they're not going to make us wait till after filming begins. Oh no, 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 no. Because the, the the risk that it leaks out before they can reveal it themselves. People will know. People yes. will know once they're on the set in costume. So, um, yes, so we must be ready to uh, return to these microphones at a moment's notice. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm also reading a, a, a report about two guys who have apparently auditioned for Star Wars but were rejected, Ansel Elgort and Bo Murkov. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both young actors. They revealed before Sunday night's MTV Movie Awards that they were speaking with the Star Wars production team about potential roles. Um, Elgort said, I think they told me, no, you're not in it. Um, and so I guess his audition didn't go well. <laughs> He's just a young guy. I'm just looking at their photos just to see what kind of type of actors they might be go after. It just, just seems to be like a random, you know, young, good-looking, fit guy. Murkoff, star of the MTV series Awkward, said he also auditioned for a part but had not heard back yet one way or another about whether he was cast. And then he said, I mean, everybody's going in on this project. They're trying to figure out what they want. Uh, Oh, this is a quote from Michael B. Jordan. Uh, This far, that has been the tricky part. The only confirmed role is R2-D2. Well, now we know, of course, that Chewbacca is probably also... Well, it's not an official confirmation yet, but almost. Confirmed role. (laughs) And um, let's see. There was was one other... What was it again? 
Jeez, I'm just going through my... Oh, there was uh, Dominic um, Monaghan, uh, of course, who uh, played one of the hobbits in, in, in Lord of the Rings, but also uh, the character on Lost. And he also talks about episode seven and casting. I've got a little video clip here that might be a nice thing to end with. Uh, let me just play that, see what he says. If it loads, that is. And they even tried... I'm Dominic Monaghan, and you're watching Dweebcast. Woo! Okay, what's he going to say? Oh, this is, it has trouble loading. His adventure through Middle Earth died on a deserted island, and now he scares the hell out of you on wild things. It's Dominic Monaghan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. So, you're a professed Star Wars geek. Mm. The new movies are coming out. You and JJ are ostensibly closer than myself and JJ. I would think that's probably true. Yeah. Because he worked you, on Lost, of course. Are you about him doing this? Are you worried? Are you nervous for him? What do you think? No, I'm not nervous for him. I think he's the best helmer of, of that particular ship. I mean, he's a Star Wars geek. He's put R2-D2 in every one of his movies up to now, and now he gets a chance to put him front row center. I think JJ was super excited, and I'm sure JJ had a few nerves because that's the film that has influenced him in a lot of ways too, but he's a fantastic director and really talented. Um, I think he'll tell great stories. And, you know, I mean, the great thing about that when you know someone is, you know, every so often JJ might send me a little, you know, fun email like, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that, or, you know, can you come to this event? So you get a little inside track, but you can still be a fan. And, I mean, you have asked him, allegedly, if you could have a part in <laughs> Yes. What did he say? Well, we've talked about it a few times. I mean, once I knew that he was, you know, doing Star Wars, obviously I sent him a little congrat congratulatory message and stuff. And we, we've talked a few times about <laughs> it, and, you know, he, he just said, look, we're putting together a cast of essentially unknowns. You know, we want to follow the kind of... 77 New right. Hope cast, because obviously Harrison Ford wasn't well known at that point. Mark, Mark Hamill wasn't, and Carrie Fisher wasn't either. So are you too famous to be in Star Wars now? Is that what you're saying? I don't think he a... uttered those words. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But what he said was, we're, we're looking for people that, you don't, that we don't know. We don't want to fall into that mistake of people going, oh, it's that guy from The Thing, and right. then you're completely right. out of the Star Wars universe. Of course. I understood that. Obviously, I would love to be in Star Wars at some point, but, you know, more Who would you want to play? I don't mind. Give me a lightsaber. I'll do anything. Yeah? You know? So you wouldn't want to be a Jedi? I would think are you, so. Are you a dark I, Jedi? Look, I'm, not, you I'm a... not demanding. I'm just if wondering. If they gave me I mean... a blaster, I'd do it too. Yeah, you know? that's I right. I don't mind. Okay, so let's change gears a little bit. Okay, well, that was a, a, a funny little clip. Um, so they're going for unknowns, and, you know, he's not ruling it out either. And let's let's not forget they're also going to do these spin-off movies, which might actually be a, a more of an occasion for uh, better-known actors. But they're trying to, I think, to avoid the, the uh, Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson effect, where he's like, oh, it's just Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor sporting, <laughs> sporting wigs. <laughs> Speaking of wigs, that was the little thing that I wanted to mention. Did you know that there was an actress who donated her hair to the new Star Wars production? Yes. That's yeah. amazing. It's, it's the actress who plays in the upcoming Marvel uh, Guardians of the Universe uh, movie, uh, of which we've now seen the full trailer. And... She from Doctor Who. Oh, is she from Doctor Who? Yeah, remember, uh, she's uh, uh, Amelia Pond. She's the actress who plays Amelia Pond uh, in the last couple seasons. Oh, of... I'm not caught up, I have to confess. Uh, <laughs> I'm still in, a, in season three, so I have not seen her yet. Yes, so she she um, she's the companion of Doctor Who. I think she has the longest tenure of oh. a companion for Doctor Who of the modern era of Doctor Who. So, oh, cool! Uh, so she'd be well known to Doctor Who fans who who are actually caught up. 
but uh, but he's also in the new Marvel Guardians of the Universe uh, movie. And so for the Guardians of the Universe role, she had to uh, shave her head. And then she said, hey, I've, I've, I donated my hair to the Star Wars 7 production. And it's so, it's so funny to realize or to know that my hair is going to be turned into some wig worn by someone in Star Wars. I'm thinking, you know what? That sounds, it, it sounds um, strange to me. Uh, why would she say that? I mean, why did she donate her hair? Was it something that they requested? Was it kind of, it, it's like. It's such a strange story. She has some iconic hair. I have to say, like her red hair is is quite striking. So, oh really? Some costume designers thing. Like I could dye hair red, but yes. this is really iconic red hair. The thing I was thinking is like, what if what if that wig is not just a wig, but it is going to be a famous iconic wig, mm. like two buns. <laughs> <laughs> just how how uh, totally out of this world would that be if the, the the hair of a famous actress would be used to recreate the iconic hair buns for Princess Leia in red, no less. In red. <laughs> oh my lord! I think we're uh, we're now in 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 a territory that uh, you know, doesn't doesn't offer any chances of redemption anymore. <laughs> in the silly place now. <laughs> Definitely. It might be time to wrap up things. I want to thank our listeners for uh, for their patience in listening to this episode. And of course, I think we're, uh, we're heading into really exciting territory now with these photos coming out. Let, let us know what you think about the at-at prop. And if you have any theories, um, I'm pretty sure that if we've seen a few of these photos, there will probably be more and they might be just holding back and releasing them over time. That's what I would do if I had a newspaper and I wanted to sell copies. So um, we, we might have more to talk about in the next episode as well as, you know, the shooting the day of the official shooting with the main actors is coming closer and closer and closer. And so the chances of us getting um, a, a news uh, report about the actual cast um, that could just be could be just around a corner so stay tuned stay subscribed to this show if you want to listen to our previous episodes which also contain a lot of uh, mindless speculation about what this movie could be about but since we don't know nothing it might still be entertaining and not really outdated you might want to check that out at starwars.sqpn.com and if you want to hear more shows like this one why don't you head over to sqpn Com. That is the main website of the StarQuest Production Network. And that's where you can find a lot of other shows, other podcasts. Uh, I do a couple of them. Uh, I've got a weekly show called The Break and another weekly show called Geek Priest. And Dom, where can people find you online? Well, they can follow me on Twitter at BetNet. And uh, my website is BetNet.com, uh, B-E-T-T-N-E-T. And show uh, in the show notes, you will also find our uh, the information for, to follow us on Twitter and on on Facebook. And uh, we we have a Facebook page for this show as well, and that we post uh, latest updates and news there too. We don't have that many subscribers yet, but it is our main outlet for uh, for updates in between the shows. And um, let me see, the address is Facebook.com/slash Star Wars Secrets. So Star Wars Secrets. And on Twitter, we are Secret Star Wars. Secret Star Wars. The reason that it's not Star Wars Secrets is that a lot of the Twitter names were already taken. So Secret Star Wars. That kind of seems to to work all right. So um, next time you'll hear from us, we will have news because, well... 
No need to report that to him until we have something to report. Exactly. And that's when we will be back. Thank you for listening. God bless. Happy Easter. And see you soon. SQPN. Leading the way in Catholic new media.